Hey there, and welcome to the Seek First podcast. My name is Tyler, and I'm just super excited for this uh, episode, episode five. We are now on the fifth episode. It's funny uh, because I just record this on my phone with a little tiny microphone, so uh, I hope you enjoy this podcast um, as you've been enjoying some of the ones that we've been putting out. Uh, I've got my friend, uh, Calum, here. We are going to be talking about... Uh, just authentic worship and why it's important to really just worship Jesus mm-hmm. authentically with everything that we have with our mm-hmm. whole being um, mm-hmm. and also explaining what differences in worship there are. It's not just singing. It's not mm-hmm. just giving praise in that way, but there's other ways to uh, worship and glorify mm-hmm. Jesus. And so um, I'm going to have Caleb introduce himself to you so you know who he is, get a little bit of his background, and then he and I are going to jump into this conversation. Uh, hello, my name is Calum. Uh, I'm a friend of Tyler's. Uh, I live in the same city that he do- does, and I'm a worship lead of a church we actually just uh, launched as a campus of, of another church here in the city a couple months back, and I've been doing uh, worship as, as my vocation as far as a worship lead for about the last eight years, and then um, I've been leading worship since I was, I don't know, 12, so that's quick math. It's sixteen years or something like that. Yeah, um, pretty close. Yeah, something like that. So yeah. most more more than half of my life, worship uh, as far as the music side of things has been a part of who I am and what I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah funny story. Not super funny, but just ironic. Uh, Caleb and I have been on multiple worship teams together, and mm-hmm. so that's kind of how we how we met, how we got uh, introduced to each other, as just learning how to play music and worship Jesus together, mm-hmm. um, which is why, again, I wanted to have this conversation with him because uh, we've had plenty of great conversations in the past about Jesus and just worship and authenticity. And why not talk about all three of those things <laughs> together, yeah. how to actually authentically worship Jesus um, as a whole. And so, yeah, I'd love to just pick your brain, man. Like, yeah. aside from, like, there's kind of three main areas where people think of worship right there's uh song there's prayer and then there's reading scripture yeah um that's usually the the main kind of way that people think about worship um and what would you say is like your biggest like connection point to god when you're giving him worship Mm. Hmm. i think it's a fascinating question because i think i think for me it really depends on what i'm doing and like where I'm at, you know, I, we have a common friend who he, he came up. I don't know if he came up with it, he, knowing him, knowing all of us. We hear things from everywhere. We grab them. We yep. use them. Oh, yeah. But he he would always say, and you'll know who I'm talking about when I say this. But he would always say, like, worship's our response to who God is and what he's done. Oh, yeah. And I still use that to this day. Yeah, I me used too. it today when I was talking to um, someone here at our office and. I think for me, like, that's where it kind of begins and it ends. Like, worship, you know, depending on how you view it, I mean, Paul, when he's writing Romans, he's pretty clear, like, it's your whole life, it's your whole being. And so if I think about it in those terms, like, everything that I do is me responding to God. Yeah. Like, every part of who I am. It's, but for me, now the choice is going, like, am I going to be intentional with what I'm giving to him or not? And it doesn't matter if it's music or if it's how I'm cooking my wife dinner or, you know, like, am I going to use that and am I going to do that in a way that is pleasing and would give praise, honor, focus back to the one who has made me, made everything. 
Yeah, that's good, man. I've never actually thought about it that way before. Um, <laughs> ironically enough, uh, yeah, I feel like there's always the conversation of do everything like as if you're giving glory to God, you know, yeah. um, whether it's work or play yeah, or right. like whatever yeah, it is, yeah. like do everything um, as if you're giving glory to God and do everything by giving God glory. And so uh, I really like that you brought in even just like making dinner for your wife, because for me, I've never genuinely like actually thought about it that way yeah. as like a point of worship to God. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And so that's yeah. that's interesting to me that you say that because um yeah, I I use that same saying all the time. Mm-hmm. Um even just like with with my wife, yeah. like the conversations that we've had around worship and even some friends at work that I have mm-hmm. that that I know uh have a relationship with Jesus, like we've talked about it before as well and yeah. really man, I think worship just really comes down to um what what am I recognizing that Jesus has done mm. for me yeah. and for even just people in general, yeah. not yeah. even just for me personally, right. but for people in general. And what am I doing to give him glory mm-hmm. in that? Because I don't deserve any glory for the things that I do. Mm. Yeah, that's good. But Jesus deserves all the glory for mm. all the things that he's done. And so... Worship for me has always been, yeah, musical because mm-hmm. yeah. that's where I believe God has given me a gift is yeah. being able to play drums really awesomely <laughs> and really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at the same time, there's this just, I don't know if you experience it this way, but for me, sometimes there just feels like this incredible not even like out of body experience because I don't know how to explain it other sure. than that, yeah. but like there's just this experience that I have when I'm in the middle of singing and praising God specifically that like, it just feels like everything is great. Yeah. I feel like I'm wrapped in his arms. I feel like I'm Mm. in his presence. I feel like there's nothing that Mm. will get me out of being in the presence of God in those moments. And so for you being a worship leader, would you say that that's something that you try to help other people see like when you're leading worship and feel or yeah. how do you how do you lead worship? What is your goal for people? Yeah. It's a good question, right? So like um being so being a part of launching a church again. I've really had to re-wrestle with that question. And like this in my 8 years of of doing this as a vocation, this is the third time that I've really had to kind of from the foundation up, like build a, a church and a culture. And I think this time, it's just funny how that's worked out over eight years. Like I'm yeah. doing this for the third time. <laughs> but I think this time, like I really th- thought about that question a lot more. Um, because I think one of the things that I, I've really been struck by is how, um, how easy it can be to glorify the thing that we're doing or the thing that is happening versus like why yeah the why I would do this yeah. or who I am doing this for yeah and to be completely frank with you like over the last couple of years being in a different in a smaller in a more intimate environment where there's like 40 or 60 people in a room versus a couple hundred which is my normal now 
I think that really shifted my perspective of like, how do I not make it about the things? And how do I make sure that the euphoria to kind of like use the phrase that, I mean, I think that's maybe a fair word for what you were describing, like that the euphoria of the experience isn't the sum total of what I'm looking for every time I come to this place. Mm. Um, We just sent a bunch of you students over the last couple weekends to winter camp. And one of my biggest prayers that I prayed and uh, I was talking to a bunch of them is like, may these not be really good moments. May this lead to momentum. Yeah. Like may this not, you know, we always, if you've been to camp, if you've grow, grown up, like the camp high is a real thing, yeah, absolutely. but it's a real thing because when we're in this place of euphoria, like we can't help but want to be overwhelmed and, and consumed. But then like we can begin to associate that with places or things. And then the danger of that is, well, how do I find that when I'm not there? Yeah. How do I seek that without this context? And as a dude who is passionate about worship and, you know, this kind of topic of conversation of authentic worship is like, how how do we help people see, not that that's necessarily possible wherever you're at, but that reality does exist yeah. for you to encounter that anywhere, anytime, anyplace, yeah. not just when you're in a conference or at a camp or even on a Sunday, like, yeah. And some of that, I think, is almost a, a like crucifixion of the idea of that it needs to look like this place of mm. euphoria. Yeah, that's good. That we could find beauty in the mundane. Yeah. And I'll be honest, like, the church I have uh, that I'm a part of right now, I love, but it's been an interesting journey because, like, this is the least responsive church I've ever been a part of. And... The duality for me is while I would love for them to be more responsive and more outwardly expressive, the flip side to that in the duality is I want to make sure that what they're doing is authentic. Yeah. And if that's not real, then I don't really want that for them. Yeah. But what I want them to know is a freedom to respond to God how he would call them to. Yeah. And that may look different this week than it does the next week than the next week. And that's okay, but do we know that we have permission? That I mean, we don't need it, but a lot of times we we feel like we do need yeah. permission to worship God, and we already got it. Like Jesus said, like I'm looking for worshipers who worship in spirit and truth. Like He already gave us permission to be people that worship Him, yeah. but He didn't put parameters on what it looked like. Right. Yeah, and that's where I think, for me, like when I was leading youth, right? Mm-hmm. When I was yeah. a youth director. Youth nowadays also worship differently than yeah. what I have ever been a part of or seen. Yeah. Um, as a youth myself, when I was that age, like we jumped around, we yeah. raised our hands, we were excited, we moved, and that was not because it was inauthentic. Mm-hmm. Um, for some people, it probably was because <laughs> sure. they just yeah. jumped in and saw everybody else doing it, so they wanted to do it too. But at least for me and a lot of my close friends, like. That was genuinely the way mm-hmm. that we did authentically worship Jesus is yeah. by by having fun with it, but also like yeah. at the same time we were just overjoyed to be in the presence of God. Yeah. Um, mm. But I love what you're saying about like the camp experience too. Yeah. Um, because I do find that often we're trying to, or not even just we, but like people in general, 
are trying to create that same experience in their car yeah or at their work wherever they yeah. are or if you're a student like at school yeah um we're trying to kind of manufacture mm -hmm. an authentic worship scenario yeah that i think a lot of the times we're missing actually just seeking the heart of god 100 percent. i would totally agree with you yeah and so man that's kind of what i wanted to start shifting this conversation towards is authentic worship as a whole we talked about singing we've talked about some prayer we've talked yeah. about some scripture a little bit well i guess we haven't talked about scripture much but we've added in scripture sure, yeah. um but like authentic worship what what the heck does that mean <laughs> like, i mean like i think i think that depends on like who you are right like everything depends on like your theology and then yeah. out of that your philosophy right? oh yeah like oh, yeah i mean you mentioned kind of these three things it's like man, these three things for you might be different for somebody else, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And, like, I'm not I'm not saying that to be, like, oh, they don't do them. But even, right. like, the order in which they, like, might place them, like, oh, is the scripture ahead of singing for me? Right? Yeah. Like that that yeah. reality exists for people. Um, I remember, like, meeting a gal who told me, like, uh, who was a part of one of the churches that I was leading at, and she was like, you know, like, the songs don't really do much for me, but like I love watching the people that are doing the sign language interpreting. It speaks to my heart. And I was like, huh, that's a first for me. But yeah. I was also like, man, however point like we can point you back to who God is and what he's done, like for his glory. Like yeah. and so um I think the the thing that for me is like because everything that I like, I'm a person that's designed to respond with everything that I am to who God is and what He's done. A lot of it is going like, well, what leads me back to Him? Mm. Prayer, Scripture, community. I think yeah. that's an often missed, like, um, a missed key in all of this is community yeah. with others. And then, yeah, like worship through song, um, which, you know, so many of the songs are like rooted out of Scripture. Prayer. You know, prayer. Yeah, like community. They, they come like out of these other places, yeah. and so at the at the core of all of it, it's like it's all intertwined, and so, you know, putting myself in places where I can find any of this um, gives me the opportunity to encounter all of it. Yeah. Like it doesn't mean that I'll get it all at once, but even in that, like trying to go like, well, if I surround myself with community, you know, I, I can't be around. Uh, if you will, my people, you know, the tribe of uh, of my tribe that I run with or, the, you know, the community of believers that I'm a part of yeah. every minute of every day. Right. Um, but, like, by being around them and being in relationship with those people, I can be encouraged yeah. so that when I am not, like, they are helping pull and prime my attention back to who God is. Yeah. The real art, I think, comes in trying to develop the muscles that would bring you back to those places regardless of what you're doing like whether it's activity or task or whatever yeah and like where you can come back to jesus come back to god like recognize the holy spirit is with you no matter what you're doing and then give that to the lord like in yeah. every moment and like the only person that accomplished that completely was jesus like right. he's literally the only person yeah but the older I get and the more I do life and the more I am a pastor and the more I'm like doing life with people and leading people in worship, specifically in music, the more I find the necessity, not only for myself, but to try and help 
other people understand like if you want to encounter all of who God is, it has to come from a daily moment by moment place. Yeah. You're gonna have mountaintop moments where it's like you're in the inner courtroom to go old testament a little bit, like yeah. where you're in the holy of holies. Yeah, it feels like you're in like the upper room and yeah, yeah, like where like the presence of God is thick, you know. Yeah. Like I mean if you want to go to Acts and you can go tongues of fire you know, like yeah. I, I'm in this place where like it is clear that we are close to God. But the reality is like Jesus has promised that he's with us always and he sent the Holy Spirit to be with us every moment. So we are always close to God even when it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. So being able to train and lead myself that even when I'm doing something menial or something that doesn't matter, how can I either bring God with me or put my attention back on him? Yeah. That and I think too something that I've I've learned throughout the years too is like, Sometimes it's not even bringing God with me, but it's mm. looking for him yeah. like in those moments mm. and learning too how I can partner with him. Yeah. Like for me now working in a secular job, yeah. um a normal a normal day-to-day 9 to 5 kind of job, like sometimes it is hard for me to see like where God is moving and where he's working, mm. especially when it's just me like blowing leaves outside. <laughs> sure. Like yeah. if that's part of yeah. my role for the day or like going in and, and learning how to like replace a sink in the bathroom, like there are moments where menial and mundane, like that's the definition of some of the work yeah, that, exactly. that I do and that um, me and my boss do together. But like, the freedom with that, though, too, is being able to even like when I step into a new room, right, um, whether it's a, a resident that I've never met before, whether it's a resident that I've definitely been in their room multiple times because they always have something breaking um, <laughs> or it's a completely new like we're doing a renovation. There's nobody in here right now yeah. and we're just flipping it. Um, I've actually started to teach myself to be praying for those people when I walk into that room Mm, mm -hmm. or even before I walk into that room. Yeah. Like I don't even know half the stuff or even three quarters of the stuff that they've either gone through in their life or are currently going through in the moment. Mm. But what I find myself doing is learning how to still be bringing those moments back to God. Mm, Like I may only be working on your HVAC unit, Mm. but (laughs) you're also 85 to a hundred years old. And I want to make sure that I show Jesus to you. Yeah every time I'm in your room because realistically like if I'm being honest not trying to be mean Mm. you don't have much time left yeah so I know that like tomorrow's never promised for any of Mm. us Mm -hmm. but at the same time looking at their age where they are in life compared to me being 25 you being in your late 20s too like Mm -hmm. we realistically hopefully have a lot much more time than than they do and so like my hope is that I can make such an impact on them even though I'm not preaching to them or like leading them in that way yeah that like they can also recognize that like this guy is different and he seems to like this Jesus guy yeah so it might be worth looking into right um and that just that will overflow into even the conversations I have with my boss and then mm. even conversations that I have with my wife like how did work go <laughs> well yeah this is how work went um and then it just ends up becoming this like constant cycle mm. I don't I want to 
refrain from using the term routine because when we get in routines, typically they become like they become so routine that there's no like real purpose Mm. behind it anymore. Mm. Like I'm not actually giving my all. It's just I'm so used to it now that it's just what I do. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, I feel like authentic worship is like what you said is like, how am I always going back to God? Yeah. In all these moments, how am I, how am I finding ways to, if not like force myself in a sense, but like, how do, how am I going to get back to God in every moment? I think John Mark Comer explained that super well in, um, practicing the way his newest book. I've mentioned it a lot on this podcast. (laughs) I promise you, I am not sponsored by it whatsoever. (laughs) It is just an incredible book that I think that like everybody should read, even if you aren't a follower of Jesus, because if you aren't a follower of Jesus, you'll probably be after you read the book. (laughs) But like, that's what he said so well in his book is like, you always have to find your way back to Jesus. Yeah. You always have to find your way back. And that's another book like Sacred Pathways. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you've read Sacred Pathways. It's like Gary Thomas, I think something like that. I've never read it. I don't know who it's by. It's probably by Gary Thomas. I'm familiar with the content in there. Yeah. Yeah. Sacred Pathways. There's like the, this guy wrote this book and there's nine different pathways that he's kind of talked about. Um, and it's kind of like a helpful book to read to figure out kind of like where your yeah. Garden of Gethsemane yep. is. And to explain that, like Garden of Gethsemane, like I'm going to let Caleb describe it because he describes it probably way better than I do. Um, but I'm going to let him describe what the Garden of Gethsemane is. And then we can keep talking about what that looks like for us <clears throat> now, because obviously we don't have the garden of Gethsemane. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. Looking, granted, I'm looking at a hill yeah. right now, a dirt hill. There's a dump over um, there, so yeah. it's not really beautiful. Not really peaceful. Uh, but I'm yeah. going to let him explain the garden of Gethsemane just because I feel like he would explain it way better <laughs> you're, than you're, I would. You're giving me a lot of credit for something I may know nothing about. No, I think, I, I when I think about it in those terms, like, the question that we're really posed with when we think about Jesus and his relationship, I mean, we, we can think of the Garden of Gethsemane. We know he didn't go there every time, but it's like, where's that place that you can go to be with God? Yeah. And and it doesn't need, like, all the bells and whistles. Yeah. You, you know, like, it doesn't, like, like, Jesus would purposely go sometimes by himself. And then there would be other times, like, he would bring a couple of the disciples with him there or all of them. But, yeah. like, often it was the place that he went to go by himself and it was the place of peace. It was the place of comfort. It was the place where he could simply stop and be with God. And I think that's, I think that is tough for a lot of us now to find. Like, I'll be completely honest. I think in this season of my life of being a, a, a newer dad and like having, you know, a new rhythms and routines forming, like I'm still trying to figure out in this season, like what does my garden look like? Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I've been doing recently is with my son, um, mo- my wife actually, I got a notification like an hour ago that she and him were going out for their daily walk. And like, that's one of the things that, that I've been doing is like, we'll go out and we'll go walk around our whole neighborhood. It's, it takes like maybe 20, 30 minutes. Um, and it's just a space I'm finding where while I'm walking, 
my mind can wander and my mind can just think about who God is. Like I can just allow myself to be and in that be known by God. Yeah. Like, and you know, like, yeah, obviously I'm aware and cognizant of like cars coming. Yeah. But like outside <laughs> of that, like I'm, you know, like my son's on his little bike, I'm pushing him. Like I don't really allow myself to be distracted by all the other stuff. Like where like if I were to do that at home, like when I have my morning time with Jesus, even there, like I still find like, oh man, like the house is a mess or all this other yeah. stuff. You know, like I, I have all these other tensions. And so yeah. I think for us as people, it's it's important to find a space where you can just sit and be. And for some of us, it may be a room. For some of us, it may be a specific chair. Like for some of us, it may be like, I need to go walk or go to a specific park or hike or whatever. But like making sure we have levels of frequency to go just be and then allow yourself to just, I, I say mind wander just because for me, it's like the place where I feel like I'm allowed to let go. And yeah. then like let whatever God wants to float in my mind, float in my mind. Like recently, I feel like that those are the places where he's starting to give me visions for what my future could look like. Or yeah. he'll bring people on my heart to think about or to pray for. And um, whether I've thought about them or not, like they just come to mind. And it's I know that if I was just going about my day, I would just it would be a fleeting thought that would leave me. Yeah. And so, Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot too because like I don't know the number or the stereotype or whatever and sure. it doesn't really matter that much. But like nine times out of ten, somebody's going to say that they're too busy to find their garden yeah. or to even – if they do have their garden, like they're too busy to even go there. Yeah. Like what would you say to that? Like for me personally, I don't think anybody is ever too busy. Yeah. Like – I think there's definitely amazing times where you're less busy and it's easier to fit in yeah. a moment like going to a park or going on a walk yeah. specifically. Totally. But like there's an importance in first off finding like that space yeah. of like where am I where am I able to let go yeah. and connect with God the most. Yeah. Um and then there's there's definitely like importance in being able to do that in my opinion like every day if you can. yeah like yeah and i say if you can because like busyness is like probably the i'm not going to say the biggest thing in our culture but like if you're not busy then you're not productive as what yeah. like kind of culture right makes me feel like and makes a lot of people feel like because mm -hmm. if you're not busy then you're not being productive if you're not being productive then yeah. you're not really contributing to society Whereas like that's not it. Yeah. Like how do we how do we eliminate the busyness? <laughs> well Or the hurry. Yes. Yeah, I was I was just gonna <laughs> say, like, as uh, your favorite author loves to to say in another good book, A Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. I mean like yep. I think I think the reality is and John Mark's much better at this than I am, but the reality is that especially us in the westernized culture like we are all confronted with the reality of feeling hurried or busy whether we're seeking it or not like it's going to come find us and i know maybe that sounds unfair but i think it's really true 
you know, you add kids and you add, I mean, even a church community, you add a church community, you add hobbies, you add all these things, or even like, goodness, I, I said kids, but that alone can just start to monopolize your time. Mm-hmm. And as people, it forces us to confront the reality of what are we going to do with the limited amount of resources that we have in time. Yeah. And we only get 24 hours in a day. So how am I going to use them? And the reality is that most people will not think about how they use their day at all. They will just let their days go by. Yeah. And there's not anything wrong with that. Like it's not a sin issue. It's not a Mm-mm. it's not a problem. But the problem with that can be that you don't own your life when time is just passing you by. Yeah. You are just a product of life taking you and dragging you wherever it wants. Yeah. It takes a lot of discipline to be able to be grounded enough to go, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm not going to do. Here's what I'm going to say yes to. Here's what I'm going to say no to. Um, I mean, I think one of the sayings is like, you want to know what a person values. Show me where their time, talents, and treasures are, and I'll show you what they care about most. Yeah. Like, and, and again, like, if it's all to your kids, there's nothing wrong with that. But going like, man, do I want my kid? Like, I think about this a lot with my son right now. Like, do I want him to see me knowing Jesus and know that it's a priority to make time and space for him and see that in my life so that is a value that he holds? Or do I want to shelter that from him, hope he discovers that, because I have to do it when he's not around, when he's not looking, in order to get it in my life before we have to go be drug around all the things that his life is going to take me on. Because as he gets older, there's going to be more and more things, more and more stuff. You know, he's like a year and a half old, so there's not that much right now. But as he has school and activities, it's like, man, the precedent that me and my wife that we get to set right now is going to dictate in a lot of ways what he values when he's old enough to make some of those decisions on his own. Yeah. And or when my wife and I have to sit down and have a conversation with him and go, well, we're not going to do that because it compromises this value that we hold, um, whether it's a day or a time. Like, and my hope is that he, even as a young age, would understand that value of himself, like that he would like want to safeguard a thing like time to be able to spend with whether it's us with God especially. Yeah. Um, but man, that takes so much discipline. And I think the the discouraging thing can be um, because I feel like time is just dragging me around to feel like it's impossible to get it back. And, and I just kind of always go back to, like, how do you start simple? You mean Jesus, I mean, it's a different topic, but there's a lady who only had two coins to give her and that's all she could give Jesus and he was so pleased yeah. with the gift that she'd given. And it's like that that was more than she had to give. I think about it in, that, in those terms with time. Yeah. It's like, dude, if you only have you know, a, f- a five minutes or some time that you're in a car that you can reallocate to prayer or, li- man, if that's listening to more scripture, like, or if you have a lunch break, Can you sit down and read something or just Mm -hmm. be with God? Like instead of trying to figure out how to take time back, sometimes if we just would zoom out and look at where do I already have time? How can I use it differently? Yeah. Um, But that's that's really hard to do 
when you feel overwhelmed by everything that's oh, yeah. happening around you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man, I think mm, that's good because that's what I – it's funny that you say that because that's actually what I've started, like, having to do myself. Yeah. Um, because I've noticed that I did get to the point where I was, like, using the excuse, like, oh, I don't have time to do that right now or I'll do it later, blah, blah, blah. And then, obviously, I'm human, so then I don't actually get to it yeah. later. Yeah. Um, but, like – the first part of my day is usually spent going through one of the Bible plans that I'm going through on yeah. the Uversion app. Mm. Um, and if I don't actually start my day like that, then like usually it becomes a free moment that I have at work where I'm going to mm. go through that Bible plan. And then yeah. as I'm walking the hallway to do whatever is up next, then I'm processing through what I just read or yeah. the thing that I just listened to. And then like, the cool thing here's the cool thing that I've learned about people um, is you can still have conversations with people with other people, mm-hmm. but also be praying and yeah. like thinking about God at the same time. Yeah, like it's not mm-hmm. a one or the other thing. Oh. Our bodies and minds, and I believe this wholeheartedly. Like we were made to worship God. Yeah, like we were made to worship God, and I think that's why even in our culture. There's something that somebody worships. Yeah. No matter what. Totally. Like whether it's social media, whether it's like if we want to really get into it, if it's like sexual immorality, Mm -hmm. like porn or adultery, like looking at other women, even though you're with somebody else, like whatever it is, like it becomes a worship, like an idol in a sense um, in our culture today. Totally. And when I look at the way that we're wired as humans, like we're made to worship God. Um, we're made to give him our all and that's why it doesn't surprise me when like we have conversations with people like you can still be worshiping God in the same time yeah because that's how we're wired we're made to Mm -hmm. worship him and so Mm -hmm. for me I'll read that little section of scripture like at work if I miss it the morning before or I'll be listening to, um, like, even listening to a podcast, like, mm-hmm. in my car yeah. of a sermon that I wanted to listen to to personally grow my faith and to grow even my capability of worshiping God of, like, yeah, I've never really thought of you that way before, but I'm going to give you worship in this way. Yeah. Because that's new to me. Yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you bring that up. I was going to ask you, like. Do you find yourself still listening to music in the car often, like worship music? Yeah. I actually right now have found myself doing it more. Wow, um, yeah. Because that's where, I mean, that's kind of my area. That's kind of like, we were talking about the garden. Yeah. That is kind of it for me. Yeah. Is like music and playing music. Yeah. For sure. Um, But listening to worship music always brings me back to the heart of God. Mm. Um, not because of anything that the worship team specifically is doing or saying lyrically or whatever. It's really just like when I listen to worship music just to be with God, I'm not processing through it as a drummer. Mm. Yeah. I'm processing through it as like I'm listening to this song, I'm listening to the worship because it's centering my heart on who God is and what he's done. Mm. Yeah. It's reminding me to be grateful for what I have. Mm. It reminds me to have gratitude. 
for where I've where I'm at, where I've come from. Yeah. Like we both know that both of us have gone through crap mm-hmm. in the past. Yeah. Things that have sucked, things that haven't been fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, we are in a way in certain areas better now because we went through some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, it's easy for me personally to get mad at God for the stuff that I had to go through <laughs> yeah. and ask the question, sure. like, why did I have to go through that Yeah, to then be here? Like, yeah. we were just talking about that earlier. But for me, learning how to learn to be grateful mm. for where God brought me yeah. through, like what he brought me through, um, that's been the biggest, like, I think the biggest shift for me in learning mm. how to worship better is, like... I turn on the music and I just, I just am thankful, mm. like thankful to be alive, thankful to yeah, yeah. have a job. Like even <laughs> though I'm not like it's not my favorite thing in the world, yeah. but like I have a lot of great coworkers. Yeah, I've got a lot of great relationships that I'm building with with coworkers, with residents, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call them, people <laughs> who live there. Um, but like. I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Those people are new to my life and they're new opportunities to not only share the gospel, mm. but some of them already know Jesus and love Jesus and I get to hear their perspective. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I have a job that helps me pay bills. Me and my wife still haven't missed any. Yeah. So that's awesome. Um, but God has been so faithful even through like a lot of the suck. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Like he hasn't abandoned us. Mm. He like you said earlier, he's he really is always with us. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we've been given the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And it is with us mm. always. Mm-hmm. And so when I think of kind of reining it back in a little bit, when I think of authentic worship, I would say realistically it's being able to give God glory in everything that you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily even try to go deeper than that as no. a whole. Yeah. Um, we've talked a lot about things deeper than that, but like if you want to sum up this conversation, like the way that I think about it is like realistically, it's just being able to honor God and glorify God in everything that I do. Yeah. And that's what I think authentic worship is. Yes. Yeah. Um, whether that's on a Sunday and I am on the worship team, I'm going to do my best to give God the most glory I possibly can. Or the next day, Monday, it's my day off. And I can sit on the couch and be lazy, but also at the same time, um, I'm taking that rest. What am I going to do to be bringing God glory Mm. while I'm just hanging out with my dog? Mm -hmm. Like, I can do that still. And then the next day, Tuesday, that's when the work week starts for me. What am I going to do to bring God glory in every moment while I'm at work? Yeah. And so that's kind of where I think the authentic worship really like lays is Yeah. Am I giving glory and honor to God yeah. in everything that I'm doing? Well, and I I would I would 100% agree. I think the one thing that I would kind of not necessarily add but just affirm is like the word authentic means to like bring like your honestness Mm -hmm. like you you've got to bring like just exactly who you are you're raw you're you're you are undone 
before God. And being able to do that regardless of the season of life you're in, what you're going through, how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's why, you know, going back a little bit to where you're talking about maybe, you know, routines being bad, I think that's where they're really helpful is when you're not feeling it, having those things to lean back into. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when the season of life s- does suck, like yeah. to have these things that are second nature to, to you. Yeah. But like, because the, the routine might be the same, but like what I'm reading today is different or my prayer today is different. Yeah. Like I'm pulled back to this place of being honest while I worship God. I mean, it, one of the things I think about with worship is is giving an offering. Like we yeah. don't do... We don't have to give God an offering on an altar anymore. Right. And, but in that, like, I have to give my best. And my yeah. best, what I love about what Jesus did is it's it's not my best, like, in terms of the Old Testament, like, it literally had to be the best thing. Yeah. But, like, for you and I now, like, the beautiful thing about Jesus is, like, it's the best that you have to bring then. Yeah. Like, that time. Not ever. It's not measured by, like, the greatest you ever were or the highest mountaintop moment that you ever had. It's the best that you have to give him that moment. And are you willing to give it to him? Like, are you willing to surrender your whole self to him authentically, to go back to that word? And I think, you know, going back to the time and how you find that Garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane, there's no shame and if I don't have a bunch of time or if I can't find it and I'm wrestling that out, like, that's okay. Like, that's the beauty of if you're willing to bring that before God in an authentic manner, like, dude, that that alone just pleases him of, yeah. like, look, I'm, like, like again, going back to Paul in, in Romans, like, I am a living sacrifice. So I'm just going to pour out all yeah. that I am because this is all of me is this and it's why i love the psalm so much because like we just see david undone like um unhinged unfiltered like you know and like a lot of those became songs that like the israelites would sing for generations and like half of them you could argue like yeah he might have been writing them down but like he wasn't thinking a whole nation was going to sing these words yeah this was him like just being wrong, being honest, honest yeah. before God, and I think I think it can be really hard to want to and be willing to do that in today's day. Um, not only before God, but then the second part of that, you know, is is in front of each other. Yeah, being willing to let my guard down to be able to confront that reality with people. Not to experience pity even, but to experience freedom. Yeah. Like, you know, it's talking about sin, but James writes that you would confess so that you'd be freed, you know, when you do that with one another. Like, you're already forgiven, but you find freedom. There's there's a different level of healing that can come by being able to do these things and relieve these burdens off of yourself. Yes to God, but then, like, sharing the load with someone else, remembering yeah. you're not alone. Um physically and i think what's interesting about kind of the way we maybe over glorified the music art of worship is this weird relationship to joy in music where it's like you have to be happy you have to be on cloud nine like you have to and like 
while that is going to come out a lot, like it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. And still worship. Yep. And and I, I think tell that's this, where the authentic like authenticity yeah. actually comes out. Absolutely. Is like when 100%. I'm actually not okay. Yeah. That's when I'm. That's when I'm being not necessarily the most honest, but like yeah. that's when I'm. That's when I'm actually like feel like I'm wrestling with God. Absolutely. Like I'm telling him, man, like I am really mad at you right now. Yeah. Like this situation really sucks. Yeah. And like, why would you have to put me through that pain? Why would you have to put me yeah. through like being like you said in the Psalms? David, like, he was real and honest and raw yeah. all the time. But if you also look at what he was going through during those moments, too, no wonder he was real and honest and yeah. raw. Um, and then that trained him to just be, like, an authentic worshiper. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying that you have to go out and put yourself through the ringer just so you no. can learn to be an authentic worshiper. No. But, like, at the same time... Like it is, there is still a truth behind like the pain that you've gone through. Yeah. Like will teach you more of the incredible things about God. Yeah. Um, I'm going, I mean, like I've shared before with you, I don't know if I've shared with anybody on the podcast yet, but like the pain that I've been going through lately, Mm -hmm. like I've been able to be, I've always been able to be real and raw with God, but like, it just feels different this time. Yeah. Um, yeah. It feels like I'm actually growing a deeper connection with God because I'm being the most real and raw that I can be. Mm. Even though it sucks and I don't want to relive any of those moments, those painful moments. Yeah. Like, I have to to get healthier. Mm-hmm. I have to, to also be able to bring my whole self to mm-hmm. God. Because even though he knows what I've gone through already, until I personally, this is just for me that I'm speaking, not for everybody. Mm-hmm. But like me personally, until I verbalize a lot of that stuff with God, mm-hmm. like I'm going to hold on to it. Sure. I'm going to keep that pain in my heart. I'm going to keep that essentially like struggle or whatever in my heart. Yeah. Until I've actually verbally processed that with God. Yeah. Um, And so for me, that's been something I've been learning is like even in like really joyful moments. Yeah. Like bringing God glory in that has been a really cool way of being honest about how I'm feeling with him too. Like, man, today was awesome. That's all you, God. Like, yeah, yeah. I realistically have nothing to make the day great. Yeah. Um, that's been all you. Or if the day was bad, like, I still go to God and I'm like, hey, mm. today kind of sucks. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> yeah. realistically, you've been great. Mm-hmm. Like, you've been great this whole time. It's yeah. just, God, what do you have to do in me yeah. to where, like, I can see the good out of every day? Mm. Because realistically, every day that I do have breath Mm. is a good day. Yeah. But I don't see it that way all the time. Right. And Mm -hmm. so really, man, just like like I said earlier, to boil it down, yeah, it's like what can I do to give God glory in everything all the time? Um, But I really like what you were saying about like the flip side of routine. Um, 
I didn't hit on that at all, but like I agree with it. Like it is good to have that muscle memory yeah. to go back to. Yeah. Um, I think that's part of the reason why through the struggle that I've been going through recently, I feel like that's why I'm in mm. kind of the healthier spot than I would be if I didn't have some of those routines. Yeah. Um, I was able to snap kind of back into those. Um, went off the rail like just a little bit, like yeah. slightly. But like immediately after that was like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Like that's not who God calls me to be. That's not who I should be. Yeah. Um, that was fun in like half a day. But other than that, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I can't allow myself to slip into the rhythms and routines of like the world. Yeah. Um, because of the fact that I also know the rhythms and routine that I have, like in God's kingdom. Yeah. Um, in that kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. It's good, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's good. I, my hope is that like, that people would be able to recognize like, it's okay, like at the core, authentic worship, like it's okay to bring what you have to bring. Mm-hmm. Just bring it to him. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what's going on. Like, like what you're doing. Like, but bring who you are. Bring what you're doing. Bring it before God. Mm-hmm. And like, put him first. Yeah. Um. You know, as a worship lead here, like, I tell my team all the time, like, if today has been hard or this week has been hard, don't feel like you gotta smile to just fake it. Cause like, I want the rest of our church to know that it's okay to worship regardless of how you're feeling. Yeah. And if we don't show that on stage, like like how in the world is someone who's new to Jesus, who's learning how to worship from us on stage, gonna know that it's okay to sing through tears or to like just sit there and be in awe because yeah. like I'm just wrestling with what God's doing. Like yeah. it's okay to be people who are continually wrestling forward with with God but I'm doing it for him yeah like I'm bringing it to him I'm I'm fighting for him with him and um you know there was a season in my life where I've gone through a lot of different seasons but there was a season a couple years ago where where I felt like just everything was really hard and like I don't know that there wasn't a Sunday that I just didn't cry while eating and like I just couldn't help myself. Like, that's just where I was yeah. in that season. And there would have been a different season in my life where I would have felt some external, but some internal pressure to, like, we can't do that. And, like, to me, I'm like, man, like, it's not being honest before God yeah. um, about where I'm at. And, like, he knows my wrestle. But he also wants me to surrender that to him willingly. Um, and so I just find a lot of beauty in that like man don't don't be afraid to bring where you're at before God just as you are yeah and then remind yourself of who he is like and even if it's listening to a song or reading the psalm or like whatever like but letting him remind you of who he is to root and ground you yeah. yourself in that reality in that truth and man if you're on top of the mountain like praise him you know like worship him in that place too yeah i think I would just really love to see people 
like be able to worship God, period. We don't need to throw the word authentic in front of it because it's just who we are. Yeah. We are just people that worship God in spirit and in truth. And part of that is the truth of where we're at. Yeah. Not just the truths we need to tell ourselves to get us somewhere else. Yeah. No, the truth of where I'm at, reminding myself of the truth of who God is. Yeah. Um, and, and leaning into his spirit to lead me more towards him. Yeah. That's good, man. That's real good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for good. chatting. Thanks for. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, man. I think that realistically, these conversations are going to be in my mind, and it's my hope that these conversations are going to be things that actually like spark mm. something in people. Yeah. Whether it be, um, the conversation about worship that we're having right now or mm-hmm. it be whatever's next yeah or what it's been whatever has already happened yeah. like yeah. whatever it is my hope is that these conversations actually spark deeper questions yeah but also i hope i like hope this helps people like deepen their relationship with jesus mm-hmm. um, and then the, for those who don't know jesus i hope that this yeah helps bring them to him amen because I think one of the things that you had said earlier is like back in the Old Testament, we sacrificed things on altars, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now we don't really do that necessarily like physically, mm-hmm. but every day there's a sacrifice on the altar mm-hmm. like of myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because my life isn't mine. Mm-hmm. Like I am, I'm here to worship God and help people know who Jesus is. Yeah. That is my whole purpose of being on earth. Yep. Is so I have to sacrifice myself. Yep. Every day. Yep. To be able to really walk with Jesus. And is it perfect? Never, actually. <laughs> it's never perfect. Yeah. There's always something I do in a day yeah. where I have either sinned or slipped up or done something dumb. Mm. But at the same time, that's what I love about what we just talked about because it's always about coming back to God. Yeah. Like still repent. Like, yes. like don't like, Please, yeah. don't just sin and be like, oh, as long as I go back to God, like we're good. Yeah. Like no, you still have to repent of the sin yeah. and like get it out yep. of your routine and get yeah. it out of your life. But at the same time, like it is super important that you do come back to God. Yeah. Um, how are you going to do that? What are you going to do to get there? Think through those things and really just focus in. What am I going to do? Like you said, not just to like use the word authentic, but what am I going to do to just worship God how I'm supposed to, how mm-hmm. I'm made to? Yeah. Um, and even if you're not there yet, how can I start simple? Yeah. Like that was the one thing that I think for me that was super, I mean, the whole conversation was good, but that stuck out to me like a lot of like, mm. If you don't know where to start, keep it simple. Yeah. Like, figure out at least one thing that you can do either today or tomorrow yeah. that brings you back to God, and then get good at that. Yeah. And then add something else in. Yeah. And then get good at both of those, and then add another thing in. Like it's kind of like the snowball effect yeah. when you're trying to like decrease debt, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to compare worshiping no. God to decreasing no, I mean, debt, yeah. but like, <laughs> yeah. What I mean is like, you get good at something. And then you don't you don't just get rid of that habit. Yeah. 
you build something else on top of it. Right. Like you keep going. You don't ever really get rid of the good habits. Yeah. You have them. You keep them going. And then that will continue to build the routine and continue to build, honestly, the person as the worshiper into a better worshiper Mm -hmm. and just a better follower of Jesus. Yeah. As a whole. And so, yeah, man. No, I appreciate you being willing to sit down and have this conversation. I'm sure there's going to be plenty more (laughs) down the road. Yeah. Um, Thank you for listening to the Seek First podcast. And I hope that this conversation sparked some questions and conversations um, in your mind and in your heart. Uh, I hope you learn how you can find your way back to Jesus every day, Uh, not just in the Sunday, but in every day. So again, thank you for listening to the Seek First podcast. My name is Tyler, here with Calum, and we will see you next time. 